If I was to ask you guys and say, what makes Christmas so special? The re- G- Mark would say Jesus, and the rest of us would say Jesus. And, and that is the natural response. But I'm going to ask you this. Let's take it a step further. What did the introduction of Jesus change in our lives? You know, we can say Jesus and praise God it is Jesus, and we can sit there and say, I celebrate Christmas because it means Jesus was born. For what? And I know you can say, because he was going to die on the cross for our sins, and that is totally true. But I'll tell you, every aspect of the Christmas story was a demonstration of what Jesus came to do. Let me give you some history. Back in Genesis chapter 3, verse 24, well, before that, man had a relationship with God. Man falls into sin. Man separated from God. In Genesis 3.24, there was a visual that happened there. And I'm big on that. I, I, I talk about the cross being a visual. It, you say, how much did God love us? Or how much does sin cost? And how much uh, the wages of sin is death? We just stop as Christians and say, let me just point to a visual. And, and we sit there as Christians and we can say, I get visuals. I get visuals. I understand if somebody was to come up and draw something out, I'm, I can step back and say, all right, now I get it. I can understand that better because of the fact is that you demonstrated, you drew it out, you gave me an illustration of it. Genesis 3.24 was an illustration. Adam and Eve were driven out of the garden. There was a separation between them and God. It's not that God didn't love them anymore. It was just the fact that sin had consequences and sin separated them from God. Now, now think about this. Start going through history and think about the Old Testament and everything that happened in the Old Testament. If they wanted to be in the presence of God, and I'm, I'm, for some people, maybe this is new because of church history and things like that. They wanted to be close to God. They, would have to, they had a tent in the middle of it. That was the tabernacle and had walls all the way around. Just visualize walls. What do walls mean? Stay out can't come in. The priests would go inside, they would make sacrifice, and then there was another tent. You'd have to go in there, and then there's a wall. And on the other side of the walls where the Shekinah glory of the light of God would shine down in there, the presence of God. Separated, 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 constantly separated. They wanted to be in the presence of God. They would, they would follow the pillar of fire that led them through the wilderness and, and the, the different things that they'd have to do. They had prophets that would come and hear a word from God and deliver it from them. There was no interaction between them and God. Moses wanted to see God. Moses wanted to be in the presence of God. So what did he do? God, I want to be in your presence. God said you would die. God said hide behind that rock. He hid behind the rock. After he hides behind the rock, God says I'm going to put my hand over you and then I'm going to walk by you and the back of me will pass by you. And even the, Moses was drastically changed even from being that close to God. Why? Because we were separated from God. All through history, we have that illustration. You say, why is that important? Because you have to understand that Christmas is what sep- or changed this completely. You have to understand why this was such a big deal. And I think sometimes we get so used to it. We get around it so much that the idea of being able to walk into the presence of God or have the presence of God doesn't really shake us or doesn't really excite us. Keep in mind what I just said, and then let me read this verse in Matthew, okay? Behold, a virgin shall be with child. So bring forth the son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted God with us. For them, you have to understand, they were like, what? God with us? God present with us, God in our world, God in our life, not 
the Shekinah glory separated tents and tabernacles and veils and distance and prophets. It's different now. This is awesome. This, what does this mean for us? Now, I, 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 I'm big on this. I, I, I think God wants to communicate with us. That's why we have the word of God. That's why we have pastors. That's why we have music. God wants to communicate with us. And if I was to, like when, when I remember when we were getting ready to build Denolf Hall, and that was forever ago now, it seems like. And I remember the presentation that we were putting together to bring before the church. And I was thinking, man, I have to explain to them where it's going to be and how big it's going to be. And we had graphs and illustrations and visuals and handouts and charts. And we had pictures in the hallway and we had the plans laid out. We had an architect speak in the service and this is what it's going to do and da 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 all this other stuff. Why? Because of the, the first impression, I wanted to introduce something and be able to get people in the audience to get it. How many of you guys have an Android? Raise your hand. You're an Android user, okay? How many of you guys are an iPhone user? Raise your hand right now. I think we actually have more iPhone users. I'm not trying to start a debate or an argument. I know this can be a sensitive topic. So it was in 2007 that Steve Jobs introduced the iPhone. Now, this was an epic thing. This was a huge thing. So you guys know that a lot of their presentation that they do was really clean and simple and clear of how they would do it. So Steve Jobs would just walk out onto the stage and he began to do it. This is a visual. This is 2007, Steve Jobs on that day introducing the iPhone. And he went out there and he wanted, he said every aspect of this presentation was planned out. And he said this, every once in a while, a revolutionary product comes along that changes everything. And then he begins to show how people aren't able to have GPS on their phone and how people aren't able to have like the iPod at the time to be able to have access to music and internet and being able to have a standard of phone that is greater than the regular phones. And he was talking about smartphones. And then he's like, pulls this out. And what happened in the crowd when he said, introducing to you the iPhone and the whole crowd went crazy because of the presentation of the visual that he illustrated to them to understand what he was teaching them. He realized that every aspect of the Christmas story was intentional. It was like God met with the angels, and I'm not saying this happened. You know, it was like, I want this to be big. I want a visual. I want them to get it. I want to lay it out. And we sit there and say, well, Jesus had to be born in a manger because there was no room for them. All that was orchestrated. All that was planned out. Every bit of that was a visual for them to understand what was going on in this passage or every, what was going on in the beginning. All of heaven was part of this presentation. So let's lay this out. Luke chapter 2, verse 8. <clears throat> they were in the same country, shepherds abiding in their field, watching over their flock by night. Now you've got to understand, can you imagine <clears throat> God talking to the, the angels and saying, all right, I, I know who I'm, I want to do this for. It's like, said, I, I, I want you to find the average person, the average Joes, the people that maybe people have forgotten about in the middle of nowhere to be able to present that to. The idea was the fact that Jesus was coming for everyone. It wasn't for select people. It wasn't, it wasn't rich. It wasn't royalty. It wasn't priests. It wasn't from the tribe of Levi. These were just average Joes. They were parents and husbands and, and guys just working their jobs and doing their thing. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. They were so afraid. This presentation started the same way that they knew everything from God. It was from a distance. 
Did you see that? The glory of the God shone round about them and they were so afraid. Here they are, distant from God. This was no shock factor. You know why? Because they've been distant from God. Everything was like, God, if you're there, you know, Elohim, the God that created, the God that spoke things into existence. It wasn't personal whatsoever. So there was no shock to them. And the angel said unto them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. We have good news. And this good news is going to be to all people, and it's going to change your life. It's good news of great joy. Now notice this. This is where the change happens. Watch this. He says in verse two or chapter two, verse eleven: For unto you, for unto you. He said, "What is the big deal?" It was personal. He, he wasn't just saying, "In all the world, and the prophets are going to explain, and this is going to be proclaimed." And God says, "No, unto you." It was individual guys that were standing there in, the, in that presence of them. The, 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 this invitation to come experience what was God saying. Unto you is born this day in the city of David. Born into your life. Made alive. Walking among you. Part of your family. Different than they've ever seen before. It was God in the flesh. This was a statement that God was making to the world. That things were about to change forever. What happens after a huge announcement, just like Steve Jobs when he did that announcement, and the whole place went crazy. You can imagine this was such epic news that there was an outpouring, a display of, uh, of excitement like they'd never experienced before. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts. The Bible, when it says heavenly host, the word host could mean literally hundreds of thousands of them praising God and saying glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Do you understand what they were celebrating? They were literally saying and exploding with excitement. All of heaven knew what that meant, even though we didn't understand what that meant. You know, sometimes if you're watching football and your husband goes crazy and he's you know, jumping up and screaming and everybody else is like, what happened? The world didn't understand, but the, the, all of heaven understood what happened in that moment. God was just born to change the world and heaven literally comes to the edge of heaven in that moment and begins to proclaim and shout and praise God because the world would no longer be the same. It's different. By the way, they were announcing it was God. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill to men. Do you guys get that visual right there? Glory to God in the highest and on earth Peace, goodwill towards men. What was in heaven now is among earth. What was in heaven is now in your life. It was drastically different and changed. The highest, the supreme God, the most high, the greater than everything, greater than cancer, greater than problems, greater than divorce, greater than separation, greater than the issues in your life. The highest, which is above everything, is now among you in your life. God was saying goodwill towards men. You're now going to experience the heart of God. For the first time, you're going to experience the presence of God. For the first time, you're going to experience literally the, the, the spirit of what he came to do and what it was all about. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from heaven. In heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us go now even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which was come to pass, which the Lord had made known unto us. So I ask this question again. What was God introducing? 
You know, he just say Jesus, but it was more than just the fact that he came. We got this great invitation at the very beginning that they've never experienced before where the angels were saying, come and see something different. Saying to those men, come and experience something different. And they came with haste. And they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now, let's just be real with this. I think so often we get so used to the Christmas story and we, we, we do it in plays. And they made haste and they all ran in and was like, hey, the baby. You know, it's like, there it is. It was the most high. It was God. Now, you got to understand all they knew, even the priests would have to wash and anoint and be able to go into there. And they had a rope around their leg and a bell. And if the bell stopped ringing, maybe they died. And they would have to pull the priests out because they couldn't walk into the Shekinah of glory of God. Get that in your head. It wasn't just run in there. Can you imagine the shepherds being like, who are we? How? Can we even just walk in? Is there going to be guards? Are they going to ask us questions? I bet you they're going to ask if we're from the tribe of Levi. I bet you they're going to ask us our lineage. I'm not good enough. Guys, you know I've messed up. Even last night I was messing up. Who am I to walk into the presence of who they announced? Unworthy. You know, all the world is feeling unworthy. All the world feels heavy, burdened, broken, just messed up. I don't deserve his presence. I don't deserve to walk into him. I don't deserve to know him in this way. Everything they knew was distant, but they got a personal invitation. A while back, I got a uh, really cool personal invitation. Uh, I got an invitation literally from Governor Mike Pence when he was running to be the vice president of the United States of America. I, I got a personal thing. It literally said... Pastor Tony Liuzzo, you're invited and to, to sit down and hang out with a special time. So I'm like, who am I? I mean, if, you, I'm thinking, I, if, if this guy knew who I was, guys, I grew up in Somerville, Alabama. My best friend was Bubba, and my dog's name was Sam, okay? I, I don't have, I'm not the type of guy that gets invited to go meet with the vice president. Uh, I, I, I barely can speak English and things. So this is, I don't know if you guys noticed, this is my family that's over here, all my brothers, sisters, my mom, all my nieces and nephews, they can vouch for this, okay? We're not the type of people to meet with presidents, okay? So here I am, I have this invitation, I pull up, it was at this church, and there was literally the secret service lined up outside, that they had all the black cars, they had all the guys in the suits there with the earpieces, just like you see in there, and I walk up. And I'm like, you know, they're like, who are you? And I'm like, I'm Tony, dude. You know, it's like, let me in. I, I've, I've got a, a ticket. I've been invited by the big guy, all right? So you guys just get out of my way, put your guns back, you know, and walk in in this place. So it was. It was just a sit-down meeting that I got to be with Mike Pence. So I was, I was taking pictures. I'll give you guys like a bird's-eye view of this adventure that I had. So here this is a, he, he walked around this classroom that was in there, and he walked to every single one of us that was in the room, and he shook our hand, and he just thanked us for being pastors and pr- thanked us for being preachers of the Word of God and how much he appreciated us being part of this city and standing for what is right. And then we sat down at this table. We all sat down. He sat right there with his wife. And he just said, I just want to know how I can pray for you guys. 
He told me his testimony of how he got saved. He told me the testimony about how he got asked. Uh, I'd love to tell that story another time. It was very, very cool, very cool story of what he came and why he said he wanted to meet with pastors, how he's going to fight for us as Christians and things like that. Then afterwards, of course, what you do is you, you get a picture, okay? So I, I have this opportunity to stand there with the, the vice president, future vice president of me and him getting this official picture of us there. But I'm going to tell you, he made me feel so comfortable. It was just a really cool experience to be standing next to the future vice president of the United States. And I, so I'm, I'm shaking his hand and I just had this weird thought that came over me. I thought, you know what cool people do? Cool people get selfies with people. And I'm sitting there, I've never taken a selfie in all of my life. And I'm just, I'm just being honest. I'd never, I've never done this to take a selfie before. I, I didn't know how to do it. So I'm standing there and I said, Mr. Vice President, I'd like to get a selfie with you. He was like, dude, I'm, he didn't say dude. He said, Tony Man, I don't remember what he said. He was just, it was cool. We were tight. And um, so we're standing there. And I just said, he, he was like, I'm game. We can try to do it. I said, I'll be honest. I've, I've never taken a selfie. I don't know how to do it. He goes, he, so me and him, Mike Pence are talking about how to take a selfie. So I'm like, I think I have to hold it out and do this. And I didn't know where to look. You guys know what I'm talking about? And you have to hold it at a certain angle. I'm just not cool enough to do that. So I got a selfie with Mike Pence and I never posted it because the selfie was so bad. I was embarrassed. So I'm like, I've got a selfie with the vice president of the United States of America, and I can't show it because it looks so stupid. I mean, it looks so bad. So I decided, I'll show you guys. You guys want to see my selfie with Mike Pence? I've never posted this. I've never shared this with him. Here's my picture. Of <laughs> and he's looking at him looking over my shoulder like, you're an idiot. He's just like, do you even know what you're doing? Yeah. That was supposed to be a really cool bragging moment right there. And that was just embarrassing. You, can, you need to take that down. <laughs> but here's the thing. You say, how was I able to get a picture, stand in that room, ask questions, whatever? I don't mean to brag, but he invited me. The invitation was an expression that I desire you to be with me. Do you understand that what Christmas is all about is the fact that we're not unworthy and we might sit there and think that God doesn't even know my name and he doesn't know who I am and those shepherds were just a visual of this. They're in the middle of nowhere. They don't have a pedigree. Nobody knows their reputation. They're not, they're not from the tribe of Levi. They are nobodies. But God knew everything about them. God knew where they were and who they were. And God made a statement to them, I want you to come be with me. That is what Christmas is all about. That is what we celebrate. That on that day, for unto you is born this day. And by the way, you're going to find the baby. You're going to come experience God, the Most High, for yourself. That's what it was all about. Christmas makes a statement that you matter to God. Nobody might even know your name. Nobody knows your problems. Nobody knows your hurts. Nobody knows your burdens. But I can make a statement to you. You matter to God. Let me give you three points. It was just a really long introduction and a short message, I promise you. 
Let me explain this out to you. This was, it was a visual on this day. Christmas story is a presentation, number one, that God desires your presence. God desires your presence because it could have been, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Just wanted to drop that news off to you guys. You guys have a great day. You're going to find the babe. Come on. You're going to find the babe. Come on. He's over here. It came from heaven. It came from God. For them to say, hey, did we just eat something and we're just kind of feel fun? No, all the heavenly host shows up proclaiming and, and ex- just putting out this proclamation through this in this moment, reminding them of who they were, of that matter, that it was from God. Can you imagine? And then just walking up to the manger, just walking in a day thinking, who are we? Can you imagine Mary and Joseph sitting there on that day? You know, like, uh, who are you guys? You know what I'm saying? And not even knowing if they're in the right place because it doesn't make sense. You know, who are you guys? And then the, those guys to turn around and say, hey, uh, all I, I, I have to tell you, we're nobodies. We, guys, we're nobodies. I have no idea, we, what, idea why we were picked, but I know this. God spoke to us and told us that he wanted to meet us. It's, I, 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 I think the reason why we get this messed up is because of this. Here's, here's this picture of the nativities. So we, we set this out. A lot of you have this in your house. We put it on Christmas cards and stuff like that. And it was almost like the manger was the shepherds just running in being like, all right, where's the baby at? You know, that's not what happened. They were, they knew, they were walking into the presence of God. The, the demonstration explained to them that they were now. And for us, we're sitting there saying, well, I have the Holy Spirit of God. I pray in my car. I pray in my house. I kneel down at the altar. I lift up my hands. Man, I have a shouting thing all the time, praising God and things like that. You understand, they didn't have the Spirit of God. They, they, they didn't have, God was everywhere and they experienced God in distance, but not like this. And to be able to be invited into the very presence of God and you sit there and say, wait a minute, I don't deserve that. Can I tell you that the Christmas story was also the introduction of something else? Of grace? That you now have something in your life that is that close to you and you don't deserve it at all, but God gave it to you anyways. Can I tell you what is so cool that they experienced on this day? You want to know what the Christian life is all about? You want to, you want to say, I, I'm painting a picture, okay? Everything that we're seeing is a visual of what God was teaching them. The shepherds walk in for the first time. You know what they encounter? You say, Jesus! That's true. They encountered family. A mom and a dad sitting there holding a baby. You see, you see The Christian life is not about religion. The Christian life is about a relationship. It's about a family. It's about connectivity. It's about God being right in the middle of your life. As Mary was sitting there, that she got it, and she's holding the baby that was Jesus, the Most High, the precious Messiah, and she's tickling him and squeezing his little cheeks and kissing him on the forehead. Of the fact that God came to be loved, God came to be part of our life, God came to be in the middle of everything that we were facing. 
This is what God was giving us the visual to this. You say, why was I invited? Why they were invited? Because it just comes down to this. You hold great value to God. You matter to God. Remember, this was a presentation. God wanted them to get this. God was teaching them something through the presentation. So watch this. Here's the second thing. And this shall be a sign, and you shall find the babe wrapped and swaddling clothes lying in a manger. This, this is God desiring you for you to know his heart. Now, you sit there, again, the manger story, we tell it in classes. They're probably telling it in the, the kids' FBC worship right now. And just like, then they wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. We just put it as everyday things. They're coming to meet the Most High, okay? The Most High, the Messiah, the Chosen One. I mean, just this is, this is God. And as they're doing it, the shepherds are looking for a sign. Now, let me explain to you. You're going to find this baby, the Messiah, wrapped up in rags. Now, I mean, you can imagine this. They're going and it's like, guys, did you, did you hear? Did, did they say that, that the Messiah was wrapped up in rags? Say, why was it that God presented himself in this way? Because you've got to think of this. It wasn't a palace. There was no guards. It wasn't that they had to walk in even like I did and like plead my case of here's my invitation, here's my name, here's my ID, this is really who I am, and all this other stuff. I'm like, whoa, stop, who are you? You know, like, oh, we've got Jesus in there. You're... No, there was an open invitation to come into the presence of God. There was no hoops to jump through. Not one of them was denied. Not one of them was not good enough. Even though it doesn't say that they were preachers and pastors and they were Baptists attending a church on Sunday, they were all equally invited. You understand that the presentation that God was saying was first impressions. You know, if you go on a date and you dress up and you change 50 times and you're thinking, I only get one shot to give a first impression. You don't get a second chance to make a first impression for this. Everything with this was made laid out by God. And God was like, I want them to understand my heart. I want them to know who I am. Jesus coming, being wrapped and laid into a manger was a visual of humility. It was meekness. It was God sending a sign to us and a message to us that God was approachable in a way that he's never been approachable before. He was tender and lowly. Jesus verbalized this. And we have this as an illustration that we use a lot. Jesus was teaching in Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Listen, come unto me. Do do you see the symbolism there? See, come and see the baby. Jesus comes to them and says, come unto me. And when he was given that illustration, he was talking about being yoked up with animals in the Bible when they would put them together to go through stuff, hard stuff. They would, they would bring two animals together, two oxen together, and they would put these things around their neck to where the strength of the one was now combined with the strength of the other. So no matter what they faced, they faced it together. That was the visual that he was saying, come unto me and take my yoke upon me, and this is where I'm getting to. He says, and learn of me. You know what he said I want you to learn of me about? I am meek and lowly in heart. God, one of the first times in the Bible, God says, I want you to know my heart. I am meek. A lot of people grew up with parents. Not a lot of people, some people I know. And you messed up. 
You don't dare tell dad. Actually, maybe you were the type that would hide it and not let anybody know because I tell you, things would fall apart and get really bad really fast. Don't tell dad, don't tell dad. Or mom, I know situations, dad would lose his cool. Dad will stop talking to you. Dad will get mad at you. Dad, dad, dad. You know, just have that. We're talking about God and some people have a hard time understanding the relationship with God because they had a bad relationship with their own parents here on earth. God was giving this illustration to us. He said, I want you to know my heart. When you are burdened, when you are heavy laden, and even if that heavy laden is self-inflicted because you went out and did something stupid, when you are burdened because of the fact that you brought stress on your life and nobody's understanding, he said, I want you to understand that you, guys on the backside of the desert, I want you to know you, the people that nobody here knows, I want you to come unto me. And in the back of your mind, God knows you're going to sit there and say, I'm not good enough. I can't approach God. No, no, no. And God says, by the way, I want you to know my heart. I am meek and I am lowly. I, I could explain those words in so many different ways about the humility and the approachiveness of God. I just want you to know that God is just saying you are safe and invited. And I am approachable no matter where you're at or what you've done. You can come unto me and it is okay. It was an invitation into the presence of God, and it was an invitation for us to know the heart of God. He's a gentle father that you can approach no matter what. He was introducing the love of a family and the love of a father in that moment. He desires your presence. He desires for you to know him. But notice this that was there that was so different than they never had before, because before, it'd be the pillar of fire. It's like, where to go? It's gone. Fire come down from heaven. Altar's gone. It's gone. They would sit there and have a word from God. Give us more. That's all I've got. It was one and done. But you realize in Matthew chapter 1, when they were introducing Jesus, he said, Behold, a virgin shall be with child. I shall bring forth the son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted God with us. This is not a visit. Do you understand? This is not a visit. This is not a visit. It was an introduction to a forever relationship. Do you guys get that? God was literally saying, I now, God is with us. I am with you in your darkest hours. I am with you when you mess up. I am with you when your parents get mad at you. I am with you when you feel like an outcast. I am with you when you lose your job. I am with you no matter what. You're never, ever, ever, ever from here on out going to lose the presence of God. It was the introduction that God stepped into our world. He stepped into Mary and Joseph. He stepped into the shepherd's life. I am now God with you. We see Christmas lights and say, well, that's Merry Christmas. You know what the Merry Christmas is celebrating? No matter what you face in life, you're going to be okay. Denny, come up here for a minute. This is the third brother of the Leuto brothers. Understand what God was visualizing this. At the beginning, there was separation. This is all they knew. This is all they knew. Say, if you sin, you'd sacrifice to want to be in the presence of God. Moses heard from God, but he couldn't be in the presence of God. That's all they knew. That invitation of what God was saying to them on that day was come and come and experience. It was the fact that God, not saying that I'm God, but visualize for a minute, okay, Denny? Uh, The most high, the most high is he's, higher and greater than cancer. He's higher and greater than your problems. 
He's higher. He's above the financial problems that you have. He's above the parental problems that you have. He's above all those issues. I am greater. I'm above all those things. But man was, di- man was separated from those things. Even the Shekinah glory of God was a visual of the light of it coming down from heaven and shining on that tabernacle, but never to be experienced in person. So you understand when God, the angels said, come and experience them, God was inviting them. You, you got to understand that this right here, we, we, we visualize the, the, the yoke, you know, of, of what? that passage, the same thing in Matthew 11 when he was saying, take my yoke upon me. Let, let me put it more like this. It was more like this. I, whatever you're going to face, God was saying, take your yoke upon me. I want you to yoke up with me. I want you to stand with me. That was the invitation that God gave them from the very beginning. We're going to be in this together. Take my yoke upon me. And we're sitting there in our hearts and we're saying, God, I, I, you don't know what I've done. And God says, let me put it like this. All you that are weak, and heavy laden. All of you that think that I'm not worthy to have my prayers answered, I'm not worthy for God to step into my life. I've done too much wrong. I, I, I have so much baggage. I've messed up so much in my life. And God says, I want you to know my heart because I already know your heart. I want you to come unto me because I already know where you've been. God still offers this. Do you know what this is? This is Christmas. Emmanuel, God with us. It is God with us. It is God in your circumstances and God in your hard times. And the reason why they would yoke up the two animals, because God, that they would hit things that they just could not plow through. And that's the thing. There was like that one oxen was not enough. So they would bring another one. That was why God was saying, I want you to find rest for your soul. I want you to encounter something through God that you could never, ever, ever do by yourself. Because there's going to be times... You have to go through some dark stuff. Logan's going to have to be put on a bed and brought between those two doors and brought into a dark spot by himself. Do you know what Logan's going to have tomorrow with him? He's going to have Emmanuel. He's going to have God with him. And mom and dad sitting in the waiting room is going to be God with you. And you say, it's just not just God. It's the most high. Where God says, let me explain this to you. There's nothing that's in front of you that I'm not greater. There's nothing you're gonna face that I can't handle. There's nothing that you're gonna get through that you say, God, I I hit some hard stuff. Whatever the one oxen hit, the other oxen hit, and he says, I want you to learn of me that I'm gonna pull you through this. See, this is the Christmas story. To be invited into the presence of God because he desired your presence for you to understand his heart and say, it's just a baby in a manger. I I don't even deserve to be here. It's just a baby. It's family. It's a connection. And God says, by the way, that, that illustration of me being with you, that is forever. I am God with you. And today we have the spirit of God that walks with us and goes through us, our, our issues and our problems. And we're never, ever, God made the promise. He said, I will promise you, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Thanks, Denny. Yeah, Christmas is different. We talk about adore him. Talk about the songs that we sing of adore him. When you're invited into the presence of God and you learn of God, there's a natural response that comes to adore the highness, the greatness, the the beauty of 
of the God that came to earth to be with us in our problems.